Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Looking forward to our son. Our son's coming from California on Wednesday. He's going to be here for a few days. And, uh, you know, those poor kids, his his kids are just, just deprived. They've never seen snow. So we're going to expose them to upstate New York and uh, round out their their uh, experience of life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's one thing about Southern California. It's always nice. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we just open our hearts to you today and to your word. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for loving us, for drawing us to your side, for saving us. You know, when we sang that song this morning, hallelujah, you know, uh, oh, hallelujah, our God saves. I just, I love that. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I just feel like jumping every time I sing that song. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving us and giving us your, your grace and your mercy and your Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Oh, boy, where do we start? I, uh, I feel like I might be rather brief this morning. We'll see. I say that sometimes and then I'm not. But uh, I was flipping through some Derek Prince videos there's certain people I like to listen to. I like to listen to preaching some during the week. Not I don't not all the time, but several times during the week I like to pick out a message that looks interesting and listen to it. I just like being fed the word by other good preachers. I just do, and uh, so Derek Prince is one of my favorite. And I was look just kind of skimming some videos, and I saw one that said, uh, I'm trying to think of the title was something like, uh, oh, "Should should Christians drink alcohol?" And it was like a five and a half, five, it's five minutes and 46 seconds. I remember that. So that's how, and it, I thought, oh, that's nice. I'll just see, I'll just see what Derek Prince has to say about, about Christians drinking alcohol. And uh, so get ready anyway. So, so he started off by saying, you know, he wasn't, didn't talk about that right away. <clears throat> he started off by saying, in 1991, he got very sick. And this is a video that he was preaching probably in the mid-90s in, I don't know where, some church. And uh, he said, 1991, I get very sick. <clears throat> he said he had, uh, he told, he said what it was, I forget what it was, but it was some very, it was some bacterial disease that was uh, fatal. If there wasn't antibiotics, it would be fatal. He said, in the night, the night before I went in the hospital, I was praying, and uh, because I said, God, what's going on in my life? He said, I, I preached healing, I believe in healing, I've seen people healed, and I've been healed. Why aren't I not being healed? He was just questioning God, and the Lord began to speak to him. He said, God began to show me how carnal my life was, the carnality of my life, and it shocked me. It's like Derek, because I put Derek Prince kind of up on a piteous pedestal. 
because I really appreciate him. He said, I, I, wasn't, I was not into immorality. There was no immorality in my life. There was no drunkenness in my life. There was no financial improprieties in my life. He said, but God showed me that my, that my thoughts, my lifestyle was very carnal, that I was very carnal. He said, I was living, he was living, I was living a model uh, minister's life. I was living a, just like most other ministers. And yet God showed me I was very carnal. And I thought, wow. And I began to, it, it struck me, and I began to look at my own life. And, uh, you know, one thing I found when I was praying, it's like I felt like, I felt, I said, God, I, I begin to question myself. Because when you've been walking with the Lord for, for decades, it's hard sometimes to stay on fire. I don't know about you, but it's, like, you know, the, uh, someone said one time, uh, it's, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the tendency of fire to burn itself out. If you don't add logs to the fire, it just kind of, it, it decreases. It turns into a few embers. We have to be very careful that carnality doesn't, doesn't begin to slip back into our life after, after we've been walking with the Lord for a while. That we kind of lose our edge a little bit. And, and that's what I've been looking at. I've been looking at my own life. And I'm, I'm not into any gross sin. But at the same time, I, I, I feel like in the last few years, the carna some, some, some of the carnalities begin to slip back in. Uh, I, I mean, I read my Bible, I pray, but I, I feel like I'm not praying maybe as much as I should. You know, I've, I've just kind of relaxed a little bit. I've kind of, I've kind of uh, put it in neutral just a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. And I feel like when I was praying, God gave me the word insidious. The carnality is, is insidious. It, it creeps back in. And uh, I looked up the word. I kind of know what it is, but I looked it up. And the, the definition was it's proceeding in a gradual, subtle way, but with, with harmful effects. So carnality kind of wants to creep back in after a while. And when we first saved, we're, you know, we're on fire for God. We want, we want to, you know, we want to we pray, we read the word, we come to church. And then after years, after several years of doing you know, you, you kind of, it's like, well, I don't need to pray that much. Well, I don't need to read that much. Well, you know, I can skip church once in a while. It's not that bad. And when we start thinking like that, that's when carnality, is, the, the, the world is starting to creep back in. And, you know, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm really not. I'm not pointing the finger. I'm not thinking of anybody. But I'm, I'm just talking about myself this morning because I've been doing a kind of an inventory. And I've been, and I've been cricking myself saying, come on. Shape up, you know. You got you got to do a little bit better than you're doing. The apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, and he said, "And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh." And the King James says, "But as as unto carnal," and the, and the word the word there it, it means to be fleshly, to have a fleshly nature, to be to be worldly in our thinking. When we but we all start off that way. You know, when you, when you first get saved, you're coming out of the world. When you're coming out of the world, you're coming, you, you have very, you just, that's the way you've been. We've, been. we've been living carnal our whole lives. And now, that's why the Bible says we have to be transformed, not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. Why? Because our minds think worldly. You know, we act worldly. I mean, we've had, we've had worldly upbringing. We're not walking, when we, weren't, when we weren't walking with God, we were walking in the world. 
So all of us start somewhere. We start carnal, and then the Holy Spirit begins to work on us and begin to sanctify us, the process. And as the Apostle Paul said, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So my whole life, God's working on me. My whole life, God's, your whole life, God's working on you. You start somewhere, and God begins to shape us and to mold us into his image. He begins to change my, my, some of my thinking. He begins to change some of my motives, some of my attitudes, some of my, some of my actions to conform me to his image, to make me more like him. And it takes a while. You don't have to be in a hurry, but God will do it. But we have to be careful that, you know, when you get on fire for God and you start walking with God and things start to, you get to a place, sometimes we get to a place where we feel like, well, I've gone far enough. You know what? We've never gone far. I've never gone far enough. God wants always, always wants more from me. And, I, and I'm, I'm obliged to give it. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says, For this reason we must pay closer to attention to what we have heard so that we don't drift away from it. So, <clears throat> and that's kind of like the same thing. We have to be careful that we don't begin to drift away from our zeal for God, for our love for God, for, our, for the way we've been living. And again, drifting is, is like an insidious thing. You know, it's, it, when you drift, you're, it's imperceptible. You just kind of, you know, you're, you're one place and you're kind of not paying attention. You kind of fall asleep a little bit and then you wake up, you're somewhere else and you don't know how you got there. You don't, you, how did I get here? You, know, you drifted and we're not, the same, we're not the same place we used to be. And God wants us to be, to be, uh, to be, to add logs to the fire, to stay on fire for Him. So you have to catch yourself. You have to kind of look at your life and say, "Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm either not where I've been, or not where I used to be, or I'm not making much progress. And I want to make better. I want to be the person that God's called me to be. I want to, I want to be an, an example of a, a, a that God looks upon and says, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." You know, you let me, you let me, you let me work with your life. You let me change you into my image. The Bible says, "Set your affection." In Colossians chapter, chapter three, the apostle Paul said, "Set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth." And it's not, it's not wrong to enjoy the world, to live in the world, to enjoy it. But we have to be careful that we don't. Uh, it has become so important to us that God kind of takes in some place. Second, second, second place. So it's, it's a. It's, it's, a, it's a self-examination. Listen, this is what, this is what it says in First John chapter 2. It says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. When I read that, it's like it strikes me. It's like, whoa. If I love the world, the love of the Father is not in me. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. So we have to make sure that we're not, we're not, we're not loving the, the world more than we love God. We need to be... First and foremost, lovers of him. And there's a scripture in James, if I can find it. Where are you, James? I'm coming. In James chapter, 
4. In James chapter 4, it says, You adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I thought, Lord, have mercy. That's tough, you know. But God loves me, and God wants the best of me, and God is jealous of me. You know, there's, a, there's an aspect of God that we don't talk about very much. In James, a little bit further in, in James chapter 4, couple more verses down it says draw near to God and he will draw near to you God God wants an intimate relationship with me he, and he gets and there's an aspect of God that uh, that God is jealous for me you know God is a jealous God when we talk about God we talk about love we talk about faithfulness we talk about kindness we talk about forgiveness but there's an aspect of God that we don't talk about very much and that is that God is a jealous God he's jealous over, his, over the ones that, that are his. He doesn't want us flirting with the world. He doesn't want me, uh, he doesn't want the world affecting me. The Bible says in Exodus chapter four, 34, you shall, not, you shall not worship any other God for the, for, the, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. He's jealous for you with a godly jealousy. There's a bad, there's a, there's a wrong kind of jealousy and there's a, and there's a godly jealousy. Just like there's a wrong kind of anger and a righteous anger. But God is a jealous. He loves us. And he doesn't want us sleeping with the world, you might say. But he wants us to be totally his, totally committed to him. And, and allowing him to change us into his image. What, how, how do I judge if I'm getting carnal? Well, am I, am I spending more time... In, in worldly activities? Am I watching things maybe, that, not that are necessarily uh, really evil, but am I watching things that I didn't, I wouldn't before? Maybe things with certain languages in them, certain language that, that used to say, no, I'm not gonna watch that. That, that. I'm not gonna watch that language. And now it doesn't seem to bother us like it did before. You know, I ask myself, what am I, what am I watching? I, am I less Christ-like? Am I, am I a little more moody than I used to be? Or irritable, or critical, or jealous? Am I impatient? You know, all these things, I, I look at the fleshly, carnal actions, and I say, is that, is that crept back in my life? God, I want it out in Jesus' name. I want to spend more time in prayer. You know, I read my Bible. I read my Bible through. I read the New Testament every, uh, twice during the year, and I read the Old Testament once. And I read Psalms and Proverbs a couple of times totally through. So I, I, that's, my, that's, my, spirit, that's my, my scriptural diet. But you know, after you do that for 15 or 20 years, you, know, you pick up your Bible, you start reading it. It's like, oh, yeah, I've read this before. I mean, you've got to be careful that it doesn't creep in. You know? Oh, yeah, I can almost quote this. I mean, I can almost, I can almost tell you what the book of James says. I can almost tell you what, in, what every chapter in the book of Acts, what it, what it talks about. And when you come there, it's like, you know, you just want to kind of cruise through it. No, I can't just bomb through it. It's the word of God. I want to put it in me. I want to feed myself. So I, I slow down. Whoa, slow down. Read it. Read it carefully. Read it contemplated. You know, put it in you. Read it like you're reading it the first time. 
You know, make yourself do that. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. In other words, you, you, have, you, have, to take, you have to take yourself by the, by the nap of the neck and say, no, you're not going to be that way. You're not going to talk that way. You're going to think that way. You're going to spend time with God today. Says who? Says me. You know, I take authority over me, and I'm going to say, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to spend time praying. I'm going to spend time in the Word. I'm going to watch what I say. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the person that God called me to be. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Anybody out there this morning? God loves us, you know. Listen, I, this, this scripture came to me. I'll just throw it in there. Colossians chapter 4. Listen. This, 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 this is one, that, this is one I, I have to focus on. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. But let your speech always be with grace. Everything that comes out of my, house, my mouth is supposed to be uh, easy to take. You know, I have to watch that I don't, because I, I, my, sometimes with this, with this uh, ailment that I'm preaching, that I'm coming against, that I'm fighting, I get frustrated. And uh, I don't bark at my wife, I just bark. You know, I just, ah, you know, I get mad. I say, no, I can't do that. I got to stay sweet. I got to stay, because my wife is sweet as can be. So she needs to be treated with sweetness. Don't laugh, she is. She's, she's the best thing. I, uh, I love embarrassing my wife. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. Boy, I tell you, that's the truth. That is the absolute truth. So God loves us. He's jealous for us. He wants us to be uh, totally committed to him. And, that, and, and I got to catch myself. So what do I do if I find carnality is kind of creeping back in? If I find myself, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite as where I used to be. I, I grab myself. I, I say, no, you're gonna, I'm going to repent. I'm going to change. You know, I'll tell you the story uh, about the lumberjack. You remember? The, I don't know if you remember. I'll tell it again. I told it years ago, but I'll make it short. There's, there was a, a, a group of lumberjacks working in the woods, and they hired this young man. He's young and strong, and he'd been working there for a little bit while, for a little while, and he, he thought he wanted to challenge the guy that, that was considered the best uh, lumberjack in the, in the camp. This is before power tools when they were using axes. So he said, I'm going to challenge, I'm going to challenge this guy over here because I think I'm better than he is. So this old guy said, okay. So they started. They started off one morning. They started chopping away. After a couple hours, he saw, he looked over, and the, old, and the older guy was kind of sitting down, and he thought, ah, I got him. He's getting tired. He's having a rest. So I'm, I'm going to keep chopping away. And uh, a little while later, the guy took another rest. And a little while later, he took another rest. And, he thought, I've, I've surely I've beat him. And at the end of the day, they counted how many trees were down, and the old guy beat him by, he had almost twice as many trees down as this young guy. He couldn't figure it out. He said, how'd this happen? He said, how, you took all those rests. How could you beat me? He said, I wasn't just resting. He said, I was sharpening my axe. See, he knew that after a while, the axe gets a little dull. And you have to take time and sharpen it. And that's the way it is when we walk with God. 
You know, when you've been walking with a while, maybe get a little dull. You've got to kind of sit down and sharpen. Say, I've got to sharpen this thing. I've got to get my edge back. I've got to get my... my the way I've got to be the person. I've got to get back to where I was and, and go on from there. So God, help us. Help us, Lord, to be the people you've called us to be. I just want to... Just want to I just wanted to th kind of throw that out there today and have every one of us. You know, I welcome, welcome back. You know, I was listening to, a, I was listening to a, a, a video by Pastor Bill Johnson, and it was Christmas. They had the Christmas trees up on the platform, and, uh, and he was preaching a hard message. And, and he kept, all the way during the message, he kept saying, well, Merry Christmas, it's Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, <laughs> I know you came to church to hear a Christmas message, but God bless you. This is Merry Christmas, and then, he, then he hit him again, you know. But this is kind of this. This is a message that gets everybody back on track, because God wants God wants to do something with us, but he but he has to have people that are committed to Him, that are not carnal, not worldly, but saying God, you know. Anyway, so Derek Prince was talking about alcohol. Ready for this? This is what he said. He said his, his wife, his wife and he and his wife were in a restaurant, had gone somewhere, and they, they were in a restaurant. He said, I had a couple of glasses of wine with my dinner. He said, now the Bible doesn't say you shouldn't drink wine. That's true. The Bible doesn't say you shouldn't drink. It says you shouldn't get drunk. Okay. So he, said, so he had a couple of glasses of wine. He said, that night, I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And I felt this thing in my head. I felt my head was full of pressure, and I knew what it was. It was a stroke. And he said, I, I took authority over it. I said, you spirit of stroke, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. I, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Go for me. And he said, I felt it lift. Well, I got up to go to the bathroom. He said, it took me three tries to get out of bed. And when I was walking toward the bathroom, I had to hold on to the furniture. I could hardly walk. And God showed me that drinking that alcohol was a compromise for my life, that it opened the door for me for that spirit of stroke to come. So I'm not saying that drinking will cause you to have a stroke. I'm not saying that. But all I know is for me, I was listening to pastor, a pastor named Mac Hammond talking about drinking. And uh, I don't know why I'm getting into this now, brother. I'm in trouble. But he said, a lot, of people, a lot of people feel, well, it just, it just helps me to relax or it helps me to go to sleep. He said, God is supposed to help you relax and God is supposed to help you to get to sleep, not, not something in the world. He said, it's totally up to you, but I'm just telling you. For me, why am I, oh, God. <laughs> what change, I'll tell you what changed me. I read a scripture in the Old Testament that said, the priests cannot go into the presence of God if they've been drinking strong drink. And I don't want to be, ever be in that place where I can't go into the presence of God. So I've, I've had my share, believe me. I, I drank plenty before, before I knew the Lord. Too much. But I, I, don't, I don't want it, and I don't need it. And uh, I'll leave that with you and God. Praise God. Make sure that carnality doesn't creep back into your life. Don't let the world creep back in. Keep it out. Kick it out and keep it out.
in Jesus' name so that God can do something mighty in us and through us. Somebody say amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.